When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, delegates, and welcome back to episode two of Spirits and Sports History on the Believe Podcast Network and also on SportsAldente.com, your home for L.A. sports. Very excited for episode two. Got a great story for you in the realms of the sports world and welcomed by, I'm going to call him a soon-to-be famous actor, the Duke. (laughs) Michael Tomsu. What's up, my man? Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad you're here. Thank you for having me on your uh, wonderful, wonderful podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're a part of this, too, so ex- extremely excited to have you on, and uh, there'll be many more, many more of you on. So, Thanks, man. Yeah, so the story we're going to be having on here soon, Michael actually wrote himself, so uh, be excited for that. We'll be reading it together, but um, it's uh, his own writing, his own words, and... Yeah, it's great. So, well done, my friend. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Yeah. So, what? I mean, what? What are you up to? Tell Tell everyone that's listening, kind of what you do. And I'm putting you on the spot. We We didn't prep this. <laughs> we didn't prep this pre-show, but it just came to me. I'm like, I want to, you know, let's learn about you. Let's learn um, about the Duke. I I am I am I suppose uh, busy being one of the many cogs in the uh, the LA machine. Um, specific, more specifically. Uh, in the uh, film and television industry, uh, grinding away um, like many to make a career uh, as an actor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which is why I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to write and be creative with you, and you know, sit down and hang out and have a few beers and and tell a story. Well, hey, creativity is best shared together, right? Agreed. So, Agreed. And, and where are you originally from? I'm from London, United Kingdom, <laughs> from uh, uh, a borough called. Uh, in, New Southgate at slash Enfield, like right on the border okay. of those two. You, it sounded like you forgot there for yeah, a second. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> you've been here for so I've long. I've been here for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're 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 an American <laughs> now. It's true, and I love yeah. it. Bruce Springsteen, yep, like you go yep. home, you wear the American flags. Like you have the box, the boxer shorts. All I do. <laughs> so, um, well, hey, welcome back. Welcome to Spirits and Sports History. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. It's good. Um, so today, today we have a, a very fun episode and. We're obviously going to start the show with what we do, our spirits history. Spirits meaning um, a certain kind of alcohol. And today we, we chose a beer that kind of coincides with the story we're going to tell, which I'm not going to give it away, but it's someone that is from your your homeland, your, yep. your other side of the pond. That's right. And Carlsberg. Yes. The beer. Yes. Delicious beer. Delicious, right? Delicious. We've, we've uh, we, without giving too much away, we've, we've sunk... Uh, <laughs> the majority of the uh, mm-hmm. 
the surplus we had to you know like while we were while we were doing this podcast and recording it to drink we're really we're down to our last one each it last yeah we, we <laughs> in preparation obviously a lot of the, a lot of work goes into this we of don't course. just Hard we don't work. just start recording and and decide that we're great podcasters you have to do research and yeah, and so there was research yeah. that went into this research, uh, putting your body through rigorous uh you know regimes uh, exactly like sinking bottles of coals yeah i mean you've seen beer fest right oh yes <laughs> yeah so i mean it, i wouldn't put it on the level of beer fest over no. at a 51 yard line studios in pasadena california but <laughs> we had our own um enjoyment yes. of carlsberg yeah. and i'm gonna say it's it's a delightful beer it really is yeah i can't fault it yeah i hadn't had it before um first sip i had i'm not gonna lie it reminded me of heineken i don't, I don't yeah. want that to be blasphemy no no i don't think jump so. off the page of me but it, that's what it reminded me of a little bit well um you know like as we had mentioned earlier uh it's uh Carlsberg's Danish. Um mm-hmm. Heineken is uh where did we find it? it was uh from, from Holland. Yeah. So they're they're neighbors, they're close. So they're, they're, there's probably a very similar uh, approach to brewing beer. I would think so. I um, would think so. And we learned a lot through the kind of research we did about this Carlsberg brewery, Carlsberg group, if you will. And it's really fascinating mm-hmm. just the, the imprint that they have and have left on the beer community. Great. And, you know, it's, it starts back to when they were founded back in uh, 1847. So obviously yeah. a lot of life, a lot of life on yeah. this brewery. Yeah. Uh, J.C. Jakobsen was the founder of Carlsberg. And the name, I love the name. Now, yeah, now learning cool. more about it. So, so J.C., um, also known as Jacob Christian, his son, they named Carl. Yep. And... The word Bergs is translated to hill. Right. And so they founded their first brewery. It was up on a hill. And so they, in English, would name that Carl's Hill. Right. And so hence Carlsberg. That's cool. It's yeah. such a fascinating and awesome, because I mean, we love small businesses. We love uh, businesses to start like in the family. Sure. And now Carlsberg is a very, very prominent company. It's been around for 140 uh, whatever yeah, years. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it was founded based on his son's name yeah. and based on a small plotted building on a top of a hill. Sure, sure. Carl's Hill beer. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and you, you see, um, you know, as, this, as the story unfolds, like the more, more we research this, that that kind of integrity and uh, family approach, that family philosophy continues on, really, doesn't it? You know, that kind of that, that generosity uh, of spirit. All right. Well, what was the next uh, kind of big, big event in the Carlsberg history? You know, there was there was one huge one, and I, I want you to really hit on it because you were the one kind of found it, and right. it, it's it's fascinating because it it not only plays a major role in the beer community, yeah, but it plays a major role in just science and the yeah. world. It, it's mad. It's, it's mad. We were both both blown like, away. baffled, yeah, absolutely by this. It, it's like it, you we're both, you know, uh virile young men, it, well, you know, uh, in in our late 20s, early 30s, we drink a lot of beer or you know, yeah. have drunk. Beer is a, a a crucial component in our day to day. But it's a part of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I you know, I think we both at other, you know, one time or another had some interest in the brewing process, you mm-hmm. know. But um, yeah, so so essentially, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into this a little bit very quickly. Break it down. Um, uh, Carlsberg uh, 
were responsible for creating the PH system. So there's a, there's a gentleman called uh, Soren P. L. Sorensen who developed the pH scale. Uh, and I don't know, uh, you know, I, I certainly wasn't familiar with exactly what that was. I, I had a, a, you know, a general, uh, a vague idea what, what yeah. that meant. We've all got a school and all dozed off. And yeah, not yeah. Attention, but we, we heard that term at yeah. some point or another. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so essentially, uh, he developed the pH scale and, uh, you know, conducted this research into proteins, amino acids and enzymes, which is, uh, which is the, the foundation of, of today's, you know, protein chemistry, right? So the, it was invented in 1909. Uh, pH means the power of hydrogen and the scale uh, essentially gives us a way of, of, of understanding the amount of hydrogen in, in any given thing in a solution. So uh, he created a scale from zero to fourteen uh, to mm -hmm. determine, uh, you know, a solution's acidity, right? So during the brewing process, this uh, pH scale was uh, was revolutionary, and its applications since have been countless. Um, the this is the thing that I find astounding and beautiful about this, this brewery, the, these these people, these monumental figures uh, responsible for the Carlsberg uh, name is instead of, of withholding this information and making, you know, a disgusting amount of money off, off this, this, uh, this development. It's disgusting amount. Yeah. Uh, they shared it with the world. They shared it with fellow brewers mm -hmm. um, so that the quality of beer all around would be of a, of a high level. And uh, you know, you know, it's, it's uh, doing our research. It's um, speculated that they probably – liked the idea that there would be a little bit of Carlsberg in every beer that used this, uh, you know, this, this pH scale. Totally. But, I mean, I mean, that, I think, goes a long way to explain this clean, kind of crisp flavor that we both mm -hmm. seem to be experiencing with it, this beer. Enjoying. Enjoying. Is the, is the good word. And, and it, yeah, how fascinating that something so important to the scientific community came from a brewer. <laughs> absolutely came from a absolutely. beer yeah brewer if if you need any more evidence that we should all be drinking beer <laughs> <laughs> or exploring the brewing right the, you know philosophy the, yeah. the brewing universe look no further than carlsberg yeah, it, yeah there's people out there that are you know stick to science mm -hmm. and, and all this the importance of of law and all this and you know stay away from alcohol and it's like well all your foundation yeah, now absolutely. Is, is just collapsed because yeah. guess what? Yeah. What you believe in is Carlsberg beer. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's a, it's a delicious, refining lager. Mm -hmm. um, we, I discovered even that Cronenberg, 1664, yeah. a great beer I enjoy out of France, is in the same brewery. Yeah, absolutely. Under the same uh, umbrella. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, yeah, Carlsberg's great. And it, well, let's get into real quick before we get into our story, and this kind of leads into – what the story is going to, what Carlsberg means to not only England, but specifically a team in England that played in the yeah, Premier that's League. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liverpool FC. Yeah. Uh, now owned by the Fenway Group, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah they're becoming Americanized, colonized, yeah. if you will. <laughs> However you want to call <laughs> reverse it. Reverse colonized. Yeah, reverse I like colonized. It. I like that. Yeah. One um, if I land, two if I see. <laughs> um, so, I mean, essentially, they've. They've uh, created the record for the longest sponsorship with a Premier League team. 
Yeah. Yeah, since 92. Dating back to 1992. 1992. I know growing up as a kid, um, Carlsberg just meant Liverpool like you know I, I mean before I was I was old enough to really understand what beer actually was which is like what like four or five yeah years yeah old. yeah exactly the diaper um, days yes exactly and, you know. you'd see Carlsberg <laughs> and you just think Liverpool you know mm-hmm. um and then you know when I when I hit probably a little too early to be drinking beer I I finally try I remember trying Carlsberg for the first time at a pub getting in underage and um it was you know it, it even even as an inexperienced beer drinker, it tasted like what I imagined beer to taste like. You know, it was it was kind of thirst quenching, strangely yeah. enough, um, and and crisp had a nice snap to it. That kind of there's a quite high carbonation on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's fascinating you say that because I feel like at least over here in America, yeah, I love hearing you tell that story because every American high schooler just envisions this beauty and like quality of drinking a beer sure and then we sink our teeth into a a budweiser or a a course (laughs) which which i've grown to love so i'm not talking trash on but when that is your first sip Uh, yeah you want to vomit yeah yeah it is not thirst questing no no it is not crisp no it is not pure it is not any of the words you just use to describe a beer so i think that just puts on a pedestal this Carlsberg, sure, which is sure. really a, a really nice, fine drinking beer that any any man, any woman yeah. can enjoy. I agree. No, I agree. I, I, I you know we, we were we were both uh, you know, we were chatting about this earlier. I think um with Carlsberg so so uh, we should we should add that uh, Carlsberg has renewed their sponsorship with uh, with Liverpool and continue their their um commercial relationship yeah. so to speak till uh, I think it was the year twenty twenty four 23 or 24 yeah 23 Don't, 24 25 is in that realm yeah those, yeah. <laughs> those three years somewhere. we'll just yeah. we'll just say it's a yeah. gray area from 23 to 25 sure somewhere in there um which uh, you know as i mentioned before like you know I, I feel like there's there's um there's this kind of growth in interest with uh with, with soccer in, in the u.s you know that's undeniable at this point but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Carlsberg in more and more bars and and you know pubs out here, especially the English ones. Um, yeah. Because it is, it's just a satisfying beer. I mean, I don't think that you can go wrong with that. You know, especially in here in LA, where where the heat, you know, uh, tends to make you want something a little bit uh, more more a more thirst question. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. And. Um, I can speak. We're both sitting here in Los Angeles and uh, in the 90-degree heat, so we can speak wholeheartedly that is thirst-quenching, delicious. Uh, we're drinking it as we talk. But, yeah, Carlsberg, Carlsberg great history, uh, even better tasting, which is, you know, we're going to be real on this show. If, yeah. if there's a, a beer or a whiskey or a spirit, anything we taste that is not up to what we like, we're going to say it. And yeah. Carlsberg, it kind of blew me away. It was good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, knock the, knock the doors off. So, um, well, there you go. I mean, a little bit of history on the company. Awesome. Created the pH level. I mean, I'm looking at this picture right Mental. here. I, I feel like I'm watching The Prestige. Remember that movie with, oh, yeah, yeah. with uh, Christian Bale? Yeah. <laughs> these these guys oh. here look like the – or the Illuminous? No, yeah, the, the facial the, the facial hair game of these, these oh. homies, these Carlsberg OGs is off the charts. Yeah. The facial hair is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I implore you to go uh, online, 
go onto the Carlsberg website and then go onto the Pioneers page and go. just take a look at this photo. <laughs> Glorious. I mean, in Glorious, the, uh, yeah. if you've seen that movie on Netflix, A Thousand Ways to Die. Oh, yeah. And uh, Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> yes. has the uh, the shop that's the, the mustache, yeah. the, the mustache yeah, shop yeah. <laughs> with the, the waxes. Yes. The, These yeah. guys clearly yeah. shop there. Yeah, yeah. Not that they were in America. They're yeah. in, you know, Belgium yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, Car- Carlsberg, the, the pioneers of facial hair and and beer yeah there you go yeah because because what's what's a beer if you can't lap up the suds off of your uh top top lip of the of the whisker of the mustache yeah you know it's not worth drinking (laughs) agreed yeah i don't think it's worth drinking i mean we're both sitting here with with exactly yeah yeah and we're lapping it off of our mic phones too so we're good we got double the pleasure so um great well yeah, yeah i'm excited to get this story that you wrote yeah, I'm what, excited. What kind of think. inspired you? Before we get into it, what inspired you about this story? And don't don't give away too much. Don't okay. divulge too much. But sure. but what was it that that drew you to this story? Um, I think uh, at the core of it, it's the story, uh, a story that we all kind of relate to of of um, taking on something that you're uh, compelled to do despite the odds that are stacked against you you know what i mean despite despite you know really in any given moment in life things kind of tend to be stacked against you mm-hmm. you know of course, like yeah. even if you're playing you know you're living a very nice you know life and playing the long game and you know saving up for a house whatever or maybe you bought a house but you know paying that mortgage might, you know just you know you know what i mean just yeah. the, the, the the that kind of idea that that life can be very weighty and oftentimes you don't really find yourself in the situation you want to be yeah um and how sometimes you just have to say you know screw it and and, and go against that voice and not listen to it totally it, you know so yeah yeah, I feel like we say this all the time, but I mean the grind. Yeah, we, we, that, that's exactly the word for it. You know, you nailed it. We have the grind, the grind. and it's about just living for the grind. Mm-hmm. And then once that grind pays off, yes, and the story yes. exemplifies that to a T. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love it. You did a phenomenal job writing it. I, I appreciate you, you allowing me to at least read with you no, for it. Beautiful experience, man. Yeah, it's great. So without further ado, the Duke. Michael Tomsu and myself, and in please enjoy uh, this latest story on spirits and sports history. Beetroots. Ricky was not averse to them. Neither was he particularly fond of them. He had never really given them any thought at all. They were one of those things in life that could disappear off the face of the earth, and he'd probably never notice. But these days, beetroots had been on his mind a lot. After all, he'd been hired in Merseyside's only beetroot bottling plant, so they paid his rent. The only irony wasn't lost on him. In a few short months, he had worked his way up from a production intern, to a bottling line associate, to a bottling line assistant, and now he was in the factory opposite. Mr. Philbin, the plant manager, discussing his promotion to lead line production supervisor. You're a polite, hard-working lad, rookie. I know you've only been here a short while, but I've been doing this long enough to spot raw talent like yours. It was a surprise that had risen the ranks so quickly, considering his indifference to the job. And Ricky's inherent belief was that if you're going to spend most of your active lives doing a thing, it should be a thing that you love. But here he was, a little tempted in all honesty, by how the extra three pounds and seventeen pence an hour might change his life. In time, he'd be able to repair the electric windows on his Nissan Micra. 
Or take his girlfriend out to the new Indian restaurant on High Street and get tipsy there instead of having to relocate to the local Weatherspoons after dinner. He was genuinely appreciative of the offer, but the thought of him being in the beetroot business didn't sit quite right with him. Can I take the day to think about it, sir? Asked Ricky sheepishly. Of course, but remember, son, these large decisions best come from the gut, not the head. Ricky exited with a conservative smile. As he unbuttoned the top of his gray overalls and made his way to the break room, he was startled by the hacking sound of Barry Barker's lungs, psyching themselves up for an impending smog of Benson and Hedge's gold cigarettes. <coughs> oh, bit shocker today, eh, legs? <laughs> Ricky nodded, still reeling from the horrible sound of Barker's pained respiratory system. Wanna bifty? Chortled Barker, rattling his twenty deck of cigarettes like a Merseyside maraca. Ricky, as a force of habit, shook his head, but stopped suddenly, leaving his chin at a slight angle, causing him to appear erudite and model-like, which wasn't recommended in a place like the plant. You'd likely earn yourself an unwanted nickname, but now, if ever, was a time for a smoke. Barker called Ricky Legs because for months prior to starting his career bottling beats, he was playing football, professionally. For Blackpool FC, a second division team at the time. It was here, as a 17-year-old upstart, he struggled to make his mark playing a few games as a sub and eventually being released after the team was relegated to Division 3. Barry Bacher had just so happened to be a huge football fan and would never forget the shock and awe he felt the day he saw Ricky filling out his paperwork on the first day at the plant. It was like something out of the Twilight Zone. In a, in a span of a few weeks, they became good friends, despite the age gap. Ricky had been there for Barker throughout the tragic loss of his 10-year-old daughter, Bella, covering shifts and visiting Barker and his wife almost every single day. Outside, by the cargo entrance of the plant, Barker slapped open the top of his Zippo lighter engraved with the words, You will never walk alone. Here you're up for a promotion? Asked Barker before taking the deepest, longest drag Ricky had ever witnessed. Yeah? You gonna take it? Likely will, eh? Shouldn't be smoking if you want to get back on the pitch. <laughs> he smiled through his leathery face. You still dream of Anfield? Barker continued. Anfield was the home stadium of, of Liverpool Football Club and the arena of almost all of Ricky's desires. Barker's eyes watered a little, and then he carried on. I still do. I were with Bella. We were front row in the main stand. <laughs> she were here. Uh, she was eating a pack of cheese and onion crisps and picking her teeth like, like she would always afterwards. <laughs> she spotted you on the pitch. You were wearing white. In the box, the ball rockets towards you. You rise up. Bloody well flying without wings. You meet the ball. Ricky's eyebrows raise impatiently. He wanted to hear the result. Then I woke up. Tears trickled down Barker's cheeks, through his five o'clock shadow and onto the floor. Don't ever stop chasing it, Rick. Don't ever stop dreaming. Don't, don't leave her in the stands, man. She was waiting for you. Waiting to cheer you on. An aggressive buzz signaled that it was time to get back to work. So Barker wiped his cheeks off and stubbed his ciggy out with his boot heel. He winked at Ricky and shuffled back in. Ricky couldn't remember the journey back into the manager's office, but somehow there he was. 
Mr. Philbin stared up at him expectantly. Well, what do you say, son? Are you ready to fulfill your destiny, to achieve what you were put on this earth to do? I am, sir, Ricky replied resolutely. Beetroots and four walls and executive osses couldn't keep him contained for long, however. Ricky dug the studs of his Adidas Predator boots into the turf. It almost felt sacrilegious ruining the sacred grounds of the Wembley Stadium. Still, if things went his way, he'd be kissing the self-same turf in equal measures of elation and gratitude. But for now, the ground, gravity, and thought were hindrances. He needed to defy all of those things. From an 18-yard box, he could see the linesman keeping a keen eye on the rabble of players, heaving and sweating in a pile. It was Leighton Baines at the corner flag. While Ricky and he weren't well acquainted, he received a few of his corner kicks in training, and there was no doubt Leighton was a marksman. This was it. The set piece that could change it all. The slap of a leather boot on ball sprayed into the air, followed immediately by the white orb sailing towards him. Every fiber and every muscle of Ricky's body, every joint, every synapse, now engaged in perfect union to attain a single goal. Thirteen years after turning down Mr. Philbin's proposition, at the age of 31, Ricky Lambert was called to make his international debut against Scotland. It would be the self-same day as the birth of his third child, Bella, and he would go on to score his first goal for England with his first touch in the game. A year later, he would sign to Liverpool FC with a two-year contract. Well... Thanks for having a drink with the Don and the Duke. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.